Hello and welcome back to the Start a Glamping Business podcast where we interview guest experts about their experience starting glamping sites or just to hear their, their views on, on, on the glamping industry and, and how it can help you with your sites. Today we are speaking to Kevin and Isaac Rains, who are a father and son duo who own Dappled Light Adventures in Kentucky. They've been taking bookings on their site since April 2021 and it's been going well so far from what they say and they've certainly learned a lot in the process of both setting up and running their site and that's what we're going to try and dig into to today as well as some specific aspects of their of their, their history that also lends itself to, to the way they, they do business and the way that they look after their guests. So that will all be revealed a little bit later on but just before we start guys I'd like you to introduce yourselves, your backstory and how you got into the glamping business. Sure, I can go first. So Kevin Rains, I started my career actually in the ministry. I was a pastor of a local church for a number of years. And then one of the things that we were trying to do while we were in that church was my family was having a hard time getting outside the city and having that kind of natural recreative time. So we invested in 50 acres about 17 years ago in the middle of Kentucky. So a small state in the kind of what we call the Midwest of the U.S. And it was just 50 blank acres. It was just an open canvas, had a small driveway. Time went on. I got it back into the family business of auto body repair. Late 21, I sold all my body shops. I had five at the time. And that allowed us to invest more deeply into this property that we had in central Kentucky. It had kind of gone dormant. We used it while our kids were growing up. And over time, we just kind of drifted away from utilizing it. And then Isaac and I were looking to partner on a business after I got out of the body shop. So we started kind of thinking about how we might be able to utilize those 50 acres for short-term rentals, started leaning into the glamping side. And here we are. We have seven structures on the property, five canvas tent glamp sites that are elevated in the canopy, a cabin, and a bunkhouse, which is turning into a clubhouse now. We're going to make that more of a common space. So that's kind of the short version of how we got from point A to point B. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton to add to that, but my name is, is Isaac. I kind of have a background in video production and lots of customer service background, which translates well to this industry, I feel like. He kind of covered it, but our family has been glamping since before we really even had the words to describe what glamping is, starting out camping and then moving into a pop-up camper on that property in Kentucky, the property that we still own, and from there into a yurt on that same property, which then turned into our cabin and gave us kind of a nice foundation for setting up what a glamping experience can be for all, all of our guests now and in the future. Uh, yeah, we love it. We love it. That's great. And this is a, a segment that we want to sort of make a regular one with, with our guests who are, you know, have set up their own glamping sites and have got their own unique experiences from that. So guys, how much did it cost for you roughly to, to start your glamping business and how was that money allocated? Wow. I think we've probably invested about almost $400,000 in the last six to eight months. So for us, that was primarily pulling the utilities onto the property. As Isaac said, we were doing a lot of off-grid structures. The yurt was off-grid, the camper was off-grid, the cabin was off-grid for that whole time. And then we decided to pull utilities on. And because I had sold my businesses, I had a bit of 
money that I could reinvest into this property. So yeah, so I think the bulk of that cost was probably put towards just getting electricity, water, septic. So we have we now have five flush toilets and three showers. We have a bathhouse that we designed and developed back by the glamp sites. And we're just now we're completely on grid for our cabin. And then we're going to kind of put the different structures at different stages of being on grid. So the tents don't have a bathroom inside of them, but there is that bathhouse available as an example of that. So the bulk of that money really went into the utilities. And then I would say it was probably, and Isaac, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, about twenty-five to 30000 per glamp site. Uh, that was about a $5,000 tent, but it was put on top of a very sturdy deck. So we used six by sixes. We built the foundation as if we were going to eventually put a cabin on top of each one of those. So we can eventually move the tents to another area and put more permanent structures on those decks. So that was a lot of the cost was tied up in that. So I'd say kind of planning on anywhere from if you just want to throw a tent on the ground, it could be a thousand bucks with a tarp under it all the way up to, you know, 50,000. If you want to have full amenities inside of the structure. We kind of landed right in the middle there at 25,000 per site. And for those who are interested in, in potentially setting up an off-grid glamping site, like how did the mechanics of that work for you? Like what were the, the toilet and, and potentially shower arrangements whilst you were an off-grid site? Isaac, you want to take that one? Yeah, yeah. So while we were off-grid, what we call luxury off-grid, we kind of offer, we offer porta-potties for our guests. So porta potties that are maintained well, regularly cleaned every week in between guests to make sure that they're, they're sparkling for everybody. And then we also have some outdoor showers set up that guests can use until we have fully functioning instant hot water showers. So especially right now in the summertime, the outdoor shower seems like a really good way for folks to get clean, but also just to cool down, wash off and, and, you know, rinse the the sweat and stickiness off your body at the end of a hot day it's a nice reset i've experienced it myself yes and, and now moving away from the from the practical side of things into more discussing like your your guiding philosophies i suppose now you lived in in something called an intentional community for for a little while i believe and what i wanted to dig into today is well first of all just for the benefit of the audience explain what exactly an intentional community is because i didn't know when you told me about it maybe that's just me being dumb secondly your your specific intentional community and just how it was set up and, and the experience it gave you and then thirdly which we'll move on to after you've done that is like the how that has affected how you've run your business and and the principles that you've applied from that but just just to start with like what is an intentional community and and what kind of community did you grow up in as part of that so i'd love for isaac to share his perspective on this and i'll just kind of open us up but because he he grew up from the time he was born until the time he was graduated from high school he lived in that intentional community so intentional community the way we're using the term is it was related to the church that i was pastoring We had several of the younger people, like a lot of single people, would live with us in our home. It was a chance for my wife and I to mentor them and also create kind of a rhythm of life where we could do the ministry together. We would share meals together, share times of prayer around the table together. So it was kind of what we were going for was a very integrated life between our what we did for work, what we did with our free time, what we did for our ministry, what we did. It was all kind of 
trying to be integrated into one one thing, one whole. So we lived in a house that had actually 10, 10 bedrooms and five full bathrooms. So we would we would quote unquote rent out rooms to different people from our church community. But it was a way for us to kind of fund uh, the ministry work we were doing in the city, as well as be an opportunity, like I said, to uh, to mentor those folks. One of the things that was a very high value for us during that whole time was hospitality. And I think that's the bridge that kind of bridges us into the hospitality industry was we've been trying to practice that as a family and one of our core family values for, I, you know, at least 25 years now, as long as Isaac's been alive, that's been a stated core value for our family. So we were consistently welcoming not just people to live with us, but we'd have people around our table every night. We rarely had less than 10 to 12 people around our table for dinner every night. In some ways, it seems odd and unusual. In other ways, it harkens back to previous eras of history when multiple generations would be together or employees would actually share meals with their employers. So it was more of this, again, integrated experience between just the whole of life. So that's kind of, again, the basis. It was a 24-year experience for my wife and I and our kids. We raised all of our children in that setting. So it was very meaningful. At times it was very difficult, but the open door was kind of the, that's the bridge between that season of our life and then what we're trying to accomplish now by offering this other piece of property in Kentucky to more people. Yeah, and just before we connect to that to that stage, I'd, I'd like to get Isaac, whether you've got anything to add on that and how it was for you with, with a view to potentially saying how it's, how it, you know, how, the, how you applied those principles with your glamping business. Yeah, thank you. It's really, really interesting and odd way to, to spend the first 17, 18 years of your life. I really liked it, but I think throughout the course of my childhood, we probably had close to 100 people come through our house, living there, visiting, staying with us. And what it did um, for me in relation to the business and as a person, I think was really show me what a community could be, not just an intentional community, but that idea of different people coming together and forming this thing that we call a community and what benefits that kind of experience can bring to people's lives. So it translated into our business in a really cool way, I think, because unlike some of our other competitors or people who might be getting into this space currently, I think we are seeing all of our separate structures, not completely as fully separate structures, but pieces of one large thing. And we try to be very intentional about how we set up all of the stays on our site to where um, folks can rent them out in blocks and, you know, get three tenths at a time, four tenths at a time, five tenths at a time, and really create their own small intentional community for the weekend or week or whatever, and, and connect with each other in that way. Yeah. And, and the, the love you developed for hospitality and, and bringing people together throughout those years, that must, 
be replicated in your glamping site because I speak to so many site owners who say the money can be good yes but the the, the biggest joy they get as glamping site owners is being able to bring people together and create special experiences for families or couples whoever it may be now that must be it must be nice to continue that feeling that you had from that community onto towards this business that must give you so much joy like that and it does there's nothing that that brings me more joy than than seeing families coming together, friends coming together on this property and having these experiences that that harken back to the experiences that we had on that on that same property and in our home in Cincinnati when we lived there. So yeah, it's it's incredible. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about Clamp Island and explain what that is and how that's one of our kind of very practical ways to create community? Yeah, that's a great Great point. So in the middle of all of our glamping tents, one of the ways that we try to, to foster that community, that communal feeling is having common areas for people. And in the center of all five glamping tents that we currently have on the property, we have this little area that we've called Glamp Island. And what that is, is a small patch of forested area in the middle of all these tents that actually has a netted playground built on it. So, so currently it has two nets on it, but it's set up to where we're going to keep adding more nets in this small patch of forest in the canopy between these trees. And the idea is that there is basically a massive hammock, trampoline, stargazing net type thing that sits between these trees where folks can go and jump with their kids or lay in it and just look up at the the sky, the trees, or eventually climb up through all these different tiers in the canopy and just experience different views of the, the forest from these nets. Yeah, and that, that's something that, like, when I spoke to you about this uh, a few weeks ago for, for a different conversation, like, I, I hadn't heard an, anything like that. And I've interviewed a lot of clamping site owners in both the UK and the US and Canada and see, you know, done a lot of research on glamping sites and, and I haven't seen anything like it. And it's great. So hopefully we can get some pictures, like, as you were speaking about that. Hopefully my editing skills allow me to put some pictures of that <laughs> up, but don't count on it because I've got the editing skills of a three year old, but I'll try. So, yeah. And in a similar vein to something that you use that sort of creates a sense of community, this is slightly different, but also, um, something that brings value to your to your proposition but also adds value to the people that, that follow your glamping site on social media for example is, is you do these you've got a little marketing tactic called a mini retreat uh, and i'd just like you to, to just talk about that a little bit because it, again it's something that i hadn't come across despite speaking to lots and lots of glamping site owners across the world so yeah just tell us a little bit about that and uh, kevin i think it was your idea wasn't it you know it was my idea and it came while i was actually leading a retreat and i thought how can i how can we scale this retreat to hundreds of people? Because it's such an incredible experience to be on retreat, seeing the, seeing nature, being with people you care about. And there's the thought hit me of doing like a mini retreat and I pitched it to Isaac. So he gets 90% of the credit yeah. because he's enacted this. So I'd love for him to share a little bit about what a mini retreat is. Yeah, so mini retreats were, as he said, an idea that, that he came up with that was basically a way to get get people out to a retreat without having to leave the immediate spot that they were in. So there's this concept that uh, 
other people call and that I like to call doom scrolling. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's where you're kind of locked to your phone, just, you know, scrolling, 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 reading about all the horrible things that are that are happening and, and all the struggles that people are dealing with in the world right now. And our goal is just as a whole to get people away from that. So to, to give people a break, rest, rejuvenation from, from the weight of, of the world. So many retreats were a way that we try and, and accomplish that for people. What they are is 15 to 30 seconds of video of something on our property. Usually it's nature. So my favorite is actually a video that looks out into the valley from our opposite cliff edge. It's 200 foot view into this valley where you can just see for miles. And it's 30 seconds of just the trees doing their thing, just swaying back and forth, enjoying the, enjoying the sunlight, enjoying their day. And what we tell people is to stop doom scrolling just for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever you can give us. And as you watch this video, just take a deep breath in and out, and then you can continue on your journey. But our hope is that those 10 to 30 seconds really help revitalize people and pull them out of that social media doom scrolling kind of slump. Yeah, that's great. We'll hopefully share some of those on our Instagram feed in, in time as well. And obviously, you know, what you said there, it that brings value to people's lives, but also it can be a good marketing tactic just because it's so unique and it shows off your property in, in a completely different way uh, to what most people are used to. And you also told me about another marketing technique that is kind of old school, really thinking about it, but it, it's had a big effect for you. And it's something that prospective glamping site owners might want to employ themselves when they start the glamping businesses and um, you, you use press releases just when you when you started and opened your site and even though it's not fancy you know it's quite old school it, it had a big effect on on your occupancy rate from day one right yes so this is something that admittedly like i wouldn't have thought to do if i wasn't married to katie my lovely wife who is professional in the marketing world and PR world. So because of that, I also think it's something that a lot of glamping owners, glamping business owners might not, might not think to do because from what I understand, a lot of folks getting into this industry are self-made. Like a lot of folks don't have backgrounds in marketing or business, that type of thing. So press releases have been huge for us. And you can find templates for them online, breakdowns of the proper ways to write everything and format everything. But it's, it's just a really simple, you know, one page way to, to get people interested in what you're doing. So what I would do was I, I wrote up a press release and I literally sent it to as many magazines, newspapers, websites, publications in our area as I could find. And, you know, most of them, we didn't get a response back from, but five or six of them took our press release and ran with it, wrote up articles for us about us, shared our photos, shared our website. And it has, it's just been huge for us. It's, it's kind of hard to believe, but the news, the newspaper industry, the news industry apparently is still going strong because we got a, we got a good amount of business from 
just taking the time to write that one page press release and send it out via email. Yeah. So, so that's a lesson for prospective site owners is do not discount the old media. You don't have to focus <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook all the time. And then just finally, and again, this is another regular segment we want to introduce before we ask, you know, how, how people can book a stay at your site. I've asked you this before sort of off camera and go ask you again on camera, both. Are you happy with your decision to start a glamping business? I am for sure. The investment that I thought it was going to take was way more in terms of time and effort as well as finances but I don't have any regrets whatsoever. It, it seems like from an investment standpoint, the cash on cash return is unbelievably high. It's way better of an investment from what I can tell in terms of like cash on cash return than like traditional real estate. So I kind of looked at different types of real estate before we made this move. And it was just, it shocked me how disproportionate short-term rentals and then even beyond that, that thinner slice of glamping within short-term rentals, the returns are almost immediate and very satisfying. So we've been pleased from a financial standpoint all the way through. And then secondly, just again, sharing our values of, of hospitality. And to circle back for just a second to those nets, the nets actually represent two more big values for us. One is giving people a space to rest which the nets are great places to sleep. There'll be climbers that will sleep in those during the fall and spring months. So they'll just rent, rent, a, rent a, the net basically and put their sleeping bag on it. So it's a great pl place to rest that way. Also a great place to take naps or stargaze. And then another value we have is to create rejuvenating experiences outside. And rejuvenation means to be made young again. That's the Latin meaning of that term. So for us, it's like to be playing on a net in the canopy with friends or with your kids or grandkids, just how amazing that can be to be, to be very playful. So I feel like the nets are another expression of our value of rest and rejuvenation. And then of course, the long-term goal we have, which is to kind of express the, the value of hospitality. And that's, it's pretty obvious how that one connects. Isaac? Yes, I... I am so happy that we made this decision, that we took the jump and just started trying to trying to figure this out. It's been a huge learning experience for me uh, as a first time business owner and operator. And, and it's been it's been a lot of work. That's definitely definitely something for people to consider, but the the benefits are just are unbelievable. And the fact that I get to see so many families, couples, and individuals happy in in these experience that we've created has just has just been fantastic fantastic and if people want to book a stay with you how can they find you so they can find us at dappledlightadventures.com they can also find us on instagram and facebook at dappled light adventures as well as tiktok and all of our listings are also on airbnb if you search in the red river gorge Kentucky and Slade, Kentucky areas. Fantastic. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you as ever. And we'll put your links to the, the, your site and, and social medias in the description of this episode, but thanks again for giving up your time. Awesome. Thank you, Thank Nick. Thank you so much, Nick. We really appreciate it.